the negative one. Two. Dairy Queen. Okay. One second. Let me know Alright. Uh let me just pray real quick. I wanna pray. Alright. to be a part of this. Alright, Lord God, I thank you, God. I thank you for this teaching. I thank you for this word, God. I thank you for the people here, Lord. I pray, God, that you would be speaking through me, Lord. There would be nothing of myself, God. And I mean that, Lord. I really want you to move in this time, Jesus. I want you to move in their hearts, Lord. And I want you just uh, to download this information to them, God, that they would be able to use it on the streets and use it uh, in their daily lives to be edified. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Okay, uh, so what's up, guys? Today, I am going to be teaching on a topic that it seems kind of basic, but, you know, it's actually pretty deep. And it's this question, right? Why did Jesus need to die on the cross? I'll say that again. Why did Jesus need to die on the cross. Uh, that seems to be a simple question. You ask many people on the street, since we have uh, evangelists here that are awesome, they've been going for a while now, and we have some new ones, but you go on the streets, you ask these people, hey man, uh, do you know about Jesus? Do you know what he did? And automatically, man, they, you know, they have some kind of church knowledge, some kind of Bible knowledge, like, oh, Jesus Christ died for my sins, right? But then, uh, he died on the cross for my sins, to save me from them, right? And then you're like, okay, yeah, why? And you kind of like, they kind of get confused. They're like, why? I, oh, I never thought of it, you know? They, they don't have this understanding. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, some of us might not have the understanding of why Jesus Christ needed to die on the cross, right? I mean, many people could think, oh, he couldn't have used another method, you know? In uh, uh, another teaching, we, we talked about how they used animals, right, for, for forgiveness of blood, right? And uh, Rudy explained why it was Jesus' blood that was so potent. Uh, but why did he need to die? You know, why did he deny? that? Couldn't there not be a, another method, right? And in order to answer this question, uh, one must come to the understanding of prophecy in the Bible, prophecy, death, and atonement, okay? So I'll say that again. Prophecy, which is like foretelling of the future. Uh, a lot of prophets, they would say of things that God uh, had told them that was going to happen in the future. Uh, death, right? We all know about death. And atonement, which Rudy spoke more about, in, again, in a, a previous lesson. So, real quick, I'm going to jump into this first uh, topic, which is, in the Bible, the prophecy is that Jesus was going to die, all right? It needed to happen, right, to show that Jesus was, gonna, was the Messiah. So, that was prophesied in the Old Testament. Real quick, I want everyone, if you can, to turn to Zechariah. 12:10, and this is uh, the first prophecy that I want to hop into. Zechariah 12:10. It is in. He's one of the minor prophets. He is in the Old Testament. Uh, my phone. All right, my phone is kind of whack. Rudy, can I get your Bible real quick? Zechariah 12, 10. So, if everyone's there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading. And I will pour out, right, so this is God speaking, first of all. This is God, all right, God is speaking. And he says, I, and I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit, or the spirit, of grace and supplication. So that's God. 
They will look on me, God, the one who they have pierced, and they will mourn for him. Now he speaks of a distinct person that's getting pierced, as he's getting pierced, as one mourns for an only child, and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. So right there, that is a prophecy of not only the Messiah being, the, uh, being God himself, uh, but uh, him being pierced. And that's in Zechariah. That's before Jesus uh, coming and becoming uh, the incarnate, uh, uh, the incarnate God, God Man. You know, before He came to Earth and He put on that Earth, uh, that human suit. So that was Zechariah twelve ten. Now, that was prophesied at, uh, prophesied before Jesus, as I said. But there's a there's other prophecies like the one in Isaiah fifty three ten uh, ten through eleven. I'll give you guys a second to turn there. They are 53, uh, 10 through 11. And it says this, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. So this is another prophecy in Isaiah about the Messiah, right? That it was the Lord's will to crush him. So it wasn't man's will that Jesus would die. Like many of the people, you know, many of the, the people at that time thought, like, man, this is this, I want to kill him, dude. Forget Barabbas, Jesus, kill him, right? And they're over here thinking that it's their will. But literally, you know, this was prophesied even before the coming of Jesus, before the virgin birth, before that, uh, and even in Isaiah. So, and there's more prophecies, and I would like to encourage every one of you guys, read up on the Old Testament. Dude, it will edify, you will bless your life if you find about the prophecies of Jesus in the Bible, there's about 300 or more, I believe. So that you got to look that up. It's, it's amazing. Uh, but again, you know, someone might say, okay, but why did he start to die? Why didn't they just prophesy about Jesus, you know, uh, like hugging a bear or whatever? And everyone's like, oh, man, that's so nice. I want to hug bears now or whatever. Uh, why do he have to die still? Okay, so then here's where it gets to. What is the significance of death? Okay, so I won't get too much into uh, the fall of man because we already talked about sin. But long story short, they sinned. Adam and Eve sinned. This came death. God said to himself, if you were to eat of this tree, you would surely die. But they did not die a physical death at that moment, right? Because death, when he included that, and I only included death, uh, you know, just you're dead, you're done, you're not living anymore. But the process of death, that's why there's diseases. That's why there's sickness. That's why, you know, there's so many things wrong in the world. Uh, but also the relationship between God and man was severed. It was separated. You, they were not able to be in the garden anymore and be in fellowship with God. So that was the death right there. Now, this has happened to every man. The Bible says that all men have fallen short of the glory of God. All men have sinned. And it says the wages of sin in Romans 6.23 is death. So people literally work this job of sin to die. For death. So what does that mean? That means just like I believe in Ephesians 2, it talks, it says that 
for we were all dead in our transgressions. That means all of mankind was dead in their sin. All of them. And I'm going to say this, right? Without the, without the death of Jesus, that would still be uh, just be an absolute right now. Without the death of Jesus, we would still be dead. And the death of Jesus itself actually atoned for our sin. I won't go too much into atonement because that was explained in another lesson again by Rudy uh, in his uh, Justified by the Blood lesson. You guys should check it out. But how did he atone for our sin then? How? All right. And now that leads me to this, this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. So if you guys can turn there real quick. Second Corinthians five, fourteen through twenty one. Okay, so I'm gonna start reading for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them was raised again. So from now we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, no, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that, so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. So that's like a powerful verse, man. It's just praise God. Amen. <laughs> so... Right there, in him, we are now the righteousness of God, right? But that's only possible, right, through the death of Jesus Christ, okay? And I would like to just show you guys this quick little illustration. This is Jesus, okay? Just want to... Jesus. Right? And this is, let's just say, the world, right? The world had nothing but sin. Sin for now, right? And Jesus had no sin. It's as simple as this. Jesus, right, became sin, became rape, he became murder, he became lies, he became, he became sin, the one who had no sin became sin, in order so that we, right, can become the righteousness, righteousness of God. But here, dude, the only reason why this is potent is because Jesus died. And he took sin, death, right? Why did Jesus need to die? Well, he needed to die in order to kill death. So he took death to the grave. And then, bam, he resurrected, giving us new life. So, so right there, Jesus Christ, through his death, destroyed death and sin. And not only that, but he didn't stay in the grave like he was like death buddies with, with death and, and, and sin. No, he resurrected. He rose. 
Death has been defeated. Death, where is your sting? That's what Paul says. Amen. We are free from that. And the second thing, this is a personal thing that I really like. Uh, Rudy, could you unlock? Thank you, broski. So in Colossians 2.15, this is really awesome. It's something that uh, I kind of got last year, but it just hit me again. Colossians 2.15. You guys can turn, turn to that real quick. And I'm actually reading just a little bit, a little bit before. So Colossians 2.13. When you were dead, right, here you go. You're dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. That means you had no covenant with God. You had no relationship with God. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of your legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. God, right, sent Jesus to make an example of the power and authorities. Because spectacle actually means, in the Greek, I don't know the Greek word because I couldn't, I couldn't even like read it to be honest. But it basically means this, to make an example of. So picture this, you have all the priests the rulers and authorities of God's law, supposedly, right? Then you have the Roman officials, and they're all there, and they're saying, kill Jesus, kill Jesus, right? The people that were there to keep the law of God were saying, kill God. He made an example of them to show them, yo, you are in your sin, you are dead, you are evil, and you need to be saved. You're, you have no righteousness. And he made an example that he showed humanity their, the example of their own darkness, and that is why he also needed to die. And then my last one was, is this, okay? Jesus Christ says this, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And as Juan said in a prayer earlier, Jesus Christ was a friend to sinners and is a friend to sinners, and he died for us. So Jesus is very intimate. He loves us very much, and he loved us while we were enemies to God. While we had nothing but an enemy to God, Jesus Christ hung on the cross and bled, died, and resurrected for us. So in summary, in order to understand why Jesus Christ needed to die, you have to look at the prophecy in the Bible, which prophets say all, all over about the Messiah and his death. Then you need to understand the significance of death, that we were all dead, and that death itself needed to be killed. And that is what Jesus did in his atonement for us, that he killed death by taking it with him to the grave, almost like a superhero you know, sacrificing himself with the villain, right? But the, our superhero didn't stay dead, amen? And God loves us, and he did it for love. Love drove him to the cross. So don't, uh, keep that with you. Be blessed. Be edified. Share this with someone. If you're out there, evangelize, preach, and share these, uh, this simple message, why Jesus Christ needed to die on the cross. God bless you.